0: Hi, this is Doug Jones, and you're listening to Sci Fi Saturday Night. I know! Sci Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war.
1: It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give your witchcraft.
0: You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to will bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
1: Bye-bye Saturday night.
0: From the construction zone at the back room of the Area 51 playground, it's once again clickbait for the years. Welcome to TalkCast 390, this edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, with electrical storms peppering the Northeast and pepper-flavored electricity in the Southwest, I am your host, the guy whose air conditioning only works in the winter, the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, some of the rest of the gang... At the Peabody Time Tunnel, sitting at the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Help Desk and Gaming Pavilion, it's our own button pushing, keyboard clacking, sonic screwdrivering, violent virtuoso, Kriana.
1: Yes, the sonic screwdriver came
0: in handy while assembling the gaming pavilion. Yes, and uh, the new gaming pavilion looks amazing, by the way. It has blinky lights and everything. Yes, I, I. I like the way the monitor glows in the dark there. And, Fun story and if you're ever in Tokyo and you see blinky, flashy lights at night, that means porn. <laughs> but what if they're in the Sci Fi Saturday Night help desk and gaming pavilion? It definitely means porn. Gotcha. <laughs> And in the Dank Dungeon's award-winning book bag recycling plant, next to the entrance of the Jamba Juice Extractor Repair Facility at Cyborg University's IT department in the Repository Library Annex, next to the Winston, in Winston-Salem, Massachusetts, in the Witch Witch's Witch Room, welcome Zombrarian. And for some reason, she's purring tonight, or someone extremely close to her microphone, and we're not going. <laughs> he's not going to say another word. Our guest tonight, we're uh, welcoming back the uh, w- one of the founders of Amphibian Press, uh, a fun science fiction writer, a fun fantasy writer, a- and a fun guest, B.S. Holmes. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night once again.
1: Well, thank you for having me once again. With better internet conditions this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we 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 found out the other day, quite by accidental incident, that when we were normally scheduled to do the uh, do the interview, the only possible way you could do it was at a truck stop, with poor internet connection <laughs> and uh, a very loud clientele inside. So we decided to move the the interview. To, uh, to another day, another time, another place. And here we are in that other day in time. So I'm <laughs> glad we could make this work. And thanks so much for joining us in a much quieter time.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you very, very much. It's much nicer to do this not after a day of work.
0: Also, yeah, I hear you. So <laughs> I hear you, my dear. So one of the things that we want to talk about, because we've talked to a bunch of the other authors who are in this anthology, it's called Beamed Up. And um, joining you in the, uh, in this book are uh, Ariel Sealing, Cameron Quinn, and Cullen McHale. And uh, mm-hmm. Cam- Cameron and Ariel have been on to talk about their particular works inside this book. And now it's your turn. So let's take a moment and talk about uh, an incredibly uh, interesting short story called Dis- Disciples. I'm sorry. I looked at it and went, <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's, that's absolutely wrong.
1: That's something else. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> I'm not going there at the moment. We can do that later. Disciples is oh. a, a Nell Bentley story.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of Kind of um, It takes place in the same world And um, for the most part um, At the same time As Travelers of The first of the Nell Bentley series right. Um, right. But it has a different Point of view
0: So talk um, to you, our, our, our Listeners who may not be Aware of And and shame on them if they're not May not be aware of your Nell <laughs> Bentley series, because there's a fun ride. Talk talk a little bit about uh, who Nell Bentley is, where she came from in your imagination, and where she's gone through in the first two books.
1: So the, the Nell Bentley books, it's a series that follows um, an archaeologist, Nell Bentley, um, and she's of Earth, of this world. Um, she hates science fiction, and uh, she has her first, like, real academic dig in Travelers, and she's super stoked about it, and she goes down, and she starts to realize that some things about her site just aren't... they don't make sense, um, and the series follows her through coming to terms with the fact that not only is her site abnormal, but there are people on Earth who are not from Earth, and but but were once and just a lot of the science fiction that she hates um, isn't maybe so much fiction and in you know the the books go through um, sort of her journey but also the journey of the people of earth as they also come to terms with these things learning them a little bit later than Nell does Um, and it's it's definitely like light sci-fi but sort of darker when it comes to the emotions and the psychology behind stuff. Um, but it's not its not hard sci-fi. It's more speculative fiction almost. And in Drifters, there, there are some huge consequences. Um, well, what what makes you
0: say that, that, that it's not really hard science fiction? Because it's got all the hallmarks of it. As, as far as I read it, it does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's got, well, that's, it's I mean, got that's, that's the good strong female character. <laughs> it's got the the Grounding in science, in her archaeology, and the grounding is clearly there, uh, in, mm-hmm. in in the way that it's written, in no small part because of your background.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, I think most of the time when I think of hard sci-fi, I think of like the space operas, these military spaceships, um, well,
0: and sort this of is...
1: sweeping planetary things.
0: Okay, it's, well, definitely. But if truth be told. By the third book, you're kind of there. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I, we, we have our trajectory, so to speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> the trajectory is is both my version of hard science fiction and, and yours as well. Um, yeah, so Nell is is a doctor of, of archaeology, and um, I myself am an archaeologist. I don't have my PhD, uh, but I work sort of on the more – um, contract side of things, whereas Nell is definitely into academia. She's a, she's a professor uh, at, a, at a local university. And I, my work is more um, when giant projects have to go through like power lines and so forth, um, my, my crew goes there first to make sure they're not going to destroy any uh, cultural material or, in the case of Nell, uh, alien material. So...
0: Do you think that in some ways, Nell is kind of a, uh, a wishful thinking of, wouldn't it be cool if this happened to me? <laughs>
1: oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, usually when I have like a, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if, it's it's more like, I really hope there's not a body in this plastic bag we just found under the ground. Um, and so that's that's more true crime. <laughs> um, and luckily that, that has not, knock on wood, happened to me yet. Um, but I definitely think it would be way cooler if we found something not of this world. Um, I, I do have a disclaimer in the beginning of the book, especially because of the show Ancient Aliens, which is fun. Um, yeah, more fun than, than <laughs> you know, if, if you can answer oh.
0: one of their questions, you know, well, what, what do you think this might be? If you can answer it with, <laughs> I don't know, uh, you're off to a bad start. And right. like half, that, half that is, I don't know, and the other half is, no, there's an easier, there's the Occam's Razor explanation, <laughs> which is the easiest answer is usually the correct one. Or <laughs> the... um,
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have a disclaimer at the beginning of the book, which is, uh, I do think humans are totally capable of all the things that, that we've built in the past. Um, but I also think it'd be super fun if we weren't always alone in those endeavors. Um, and so this is sort of, it kind of popped into my head, um, that, that idea, and also just the idea of having your site vandalized and having to deal with the, the big wigs that fund your projects and the locals who arguably have, um, more claim to the, the site than you do. And then you just trying to get your job done, which is like every day of my life. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now you you, in the first book, and mm-hmm. oh by the way, if people want to read the first book, they can go to Amphibian Press and download it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, they can, and, and it's uh, free. You go to my, yes, and if you go to my site, you can also find that link.
0: So, oh, the the link will be posted with this. So, to, after, oh. as they're listening to it, <laughs> they can click it, click it, and, and just download it, while while we're silly talking about it, which is even cooler. Um, <laughs> So I'm thinking that in the first book, which I think I read like two years ago at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, when you were first on, I'm thinking that there's a a causality between who you are and what you do and who Nell Bentley is and what she does and what she has to deal with. Because I've got to believe that in the same way that she's fighting uh, executives within an organization, a kind of soulless organization that couldn't care less about anything except an outcome. And uh, people who don't want her digging where they're digging and are making her life very difficult. Uh, that, you know, you may have seen these same kinds of things, it, not, obviously, not to that degree. But it's the same kind of thing that uh, a, a contract archaeologist would have to de- deal with uh, daily.
1: Yes, very, very much so. Um, obviously, like like you said, on a smaller scale to some extent. Um, but I know uh, an, an archaeologist who was actually on the DAPL, Dakota Access Pipeline uh, mm-hmm. project. And within the first few weeks, he was like, you know what, this is... Way beyond me. and just a few of the stories that he's told, it's like that's that's sort of what Nell is dealing with in a lot of ways, obviously, less political um, on the more like specific human scale and more political in the like, like you said, giant overarching uh, organization. But it's very much something that a lot of archaeologists have to deal with, especially when in, you know smaller cases like the Northern pass, other, Power lines, pipelines, things like that. It, you know, people don't want it in their backyard, and native folks don't want it at all. Potentially, depending on what sites you're going through, and,
0: and people may not want you digging <laughs> around. Yeah, people may not want you mm-hmm. digging around in a place where they feel that there's important heritage, or mm-hmm. or uh, a place that's uh, special or for for them or their community or. Or their beliefs, so I mean, there's mm-hmm. and- there's a, a whole series of stuff that you take into account in these books that you just kind of go, yeah. Once again, grounded in fact, or at least you mm-hmm. know a, a a clear reality. Yes, yeah. So in book one, mm-hmm. she works her way through. Um, And there's more questions than there are answers.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which led me to believe, oddly enough, that we were going for another book. Yes, uh,
1: a total of six, actually.
0: (laughs) You've got six planned for the series?
1: Yep, and um, scenes are drafted for some of them. Um, And there's definitely a, a clear... And with hopefully fewer questions <laughs> than there are answers and uh i definitely am, i'm really excited to explore those same questions but on a much broader scale too as you know the, we go out into the planets and meet other cultures so have their two. own heritage yeah.
0: so. <laughs> so book <two> comes along <laughs> and, and in book two you would think things might get a little better and in fact they do not yeah um if you thought there were more questions than there were answers in book one, uh you're in for a much more difficult ride in book mm-hmm. two. Because the the existence of a UFO, the the mm-hmm. existence of things that are clearly not of this world are are making themselves clear. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop talking about Nell Bentley now and talk about Disciples because Disciples is a short story in uh, Beamed Up, which is a collaboration, as I said, between you, Ariel Sealing, Cameron Quinn, and Cullen McHale. But this story, as we said in the beginning, is part of this universe. But from the perspective of, for lack of a better term, the UFOs.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, um, this story sort of came to me when I was doing a, just a normal writing exercise where it's, you know, write the same scene, but from a different character's perspective and all, all of the main Nell Bentley books are written from Nell's perspective, very, very close third person. And so I thought it would be very valuable, especially in this case. Um, to sort of get a different picture. And as I started writing, I was like, oh, I, I actually wanna I want to write this. And so it's from the perspective of Lynn, who now meets um, about halfway, two thirds of the way through Travelers. And she's definitely a more mysterious character. Um, she's one of the questions that is raised um, and I really wanted to get to know where she came from. and she she tells a lot of half-truths um, lies in some cases <laughs> by the nature <laughs> of who
0: she is and what she's doing uh, it, she's mm-hmm. kind of forced to not be able to talk about the whole truth
1: exactly. and she she sort of stuck between this like do i do I really want to trust these humans who i you know, while, while she is herself genetically human, you know, totally different literal world. Um, and so she's sort of stuck between this, do, do I want to trust them or do I not trust them to really know what's best for themselves? And that's, I mean, that question in and of itself is definitely drawn from uh, a lot of stuff that's been going on in our world currently. Um, sort of trusting people to know know their own selves and their own bodies. Um, and I just sort of wanted to to bring that into a more science fiction world. Mm-hmm. And I also w- wanted to answer some of my own questions about Lynn as a character, because she is pretty mysterious. And when she first showed up, I was like, oh, like here's this cute love interest, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you're a very interesting person and maybe not a great person all the time.
0: So, so let let's stop for a minute and realize <laughs> that at the end of book two when you started writing disciples for this anthology, <laughs> you took this you took this this grand story that you were telling from Nell's point of view and decided to flip it around, look on the other side of the mirror and give us what very few writers do, in telling a grand story like this because they pick their main character and that's the storyteller. You came and flipped it around and now Lynn is the storyteller in this. And we get to learn in, in a short span, in about 60 or 70 pages, this other side of what Nell Bentley is looking at and searching for. Mm-hmm so how did you how did you come through with this character and decide that you were going to explore this other totally unexplored portion of the universe that you're building
1: well part of it started when um, I was actually drafting strangers the the third book and there were so many pieces of the world that were really exciting for me and that I was really excited to share with people, but yet it wasn't time um, it or it didn't fit in a story or it really wasn't, you know, relevant at that point, but maybe in, in a later book. And I was just so excited that I wanted to write it now and I want to share it now. So there's, <laughs> I'm not a patient person uh, by any stretch. So the mark
0: of a good writer. I need to get this all <laughs> out of my system. Type faster, so, damn it. So Who's
1: that. all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't care if my fingers bleed. So, so there was that, definitely. But there was also a lot of character details that were coming out about Lynn as I was writing Strangers that was just like, oh, this, you're a different person than I thought. And I had to sort of go back to the events of Travelers to figure out, like, okay, so if she's this person in Strangers, why is she acting this way? Or why is she telling Nell this? Or why is this a lie that she's keeping? And writing Disciples sort of helped me get that out there. And then I realized, well, if I have these questions, I'm sure readers do, because I know more about the world than they do anyways. And, well, I mean, it's not necessary to read Disciples uh, to get the plots of the other books. I think it definitely adds a dimension to it. That is pretty valuable, at least when it comes to Lynn's character and... And her relationship I, with her other if, I, if I
0: could disagree with you slightly, yes, you can read the book separately. <laughs> and I haven't read book three yet. I'm waiting desperately, having I mean, just <laughs> read the first chapter actually at this point, because that's all we've got. Uh, <laughs> and that really annoyed me. But be that as it may, you 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 kind of exposed a little bit of your your writing uh process in saying that because what I think we're realizing is that these characters are inventing themselves and then you really want to get into exploring who they actually are, not as writing them yourself, but letting them tell you about themselves and, and Lynn's exposition uh, in disciples really explains a lot about this universe that we only get very slight glimpses of in the first two books. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm of the belief, and please correct me if I'm wrong, or go, hey, nice going, if I'm actually right, (laughs) (laughs) that whatever bare-bones outline you have of who this character was and what she's supposed to do and how she's supposed to act evolves within the writing of the story until actually Lynn begins to write herself.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely too. definitely for the most part. I do start out with, like, just an image of a character um, and sort of their rough role, in like one specific scene, because I usually start my, my books or my my short stories with a single scene. And then I start asking myself those those questions. Like who who is this person? What do they want? Why are they here? Whatever, whatever. And at least with, with my main characters. But I haven't done it really so much with supporting characters because usually I do kind of just be like, oh well this this is their role and this is what they have to do. And like some of the smaller details you know, like what their favorite type of tea or whatever is like that, that can happen organically, but they usually have a very specific role. And I think I didn't realize how big of a role Lynn would have in the series until I was really done with drifters. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to sit down and I need to explore her more. And then like you said, let her write her own story.
0: And, the, and the, Lynn's character is, uh, a wonderful melange of a person who's tasked to do something she feels totally unprepared to be able to do Mm -hmm. because she doesn't believe in herself the way people around her believe in her. Uh, (laughs) And it was just watching her throughout this story uh, begin to come to terms with what she has to be, who she has to be, how she has to learn how to become the person that people expect her to be, and still work within the Nell Bentley universe. And the first time mm-hmm. that the two of them uh, meet at the bar, it's just the point at which you just kind of go, now they're ready for it. <laughs> and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, were, that was a great moment. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it uh, a, a lot. And now the question becomes, you know, if you're into the Nell Bentley series, and again, if you're not, get into it. Then the next thing you need to do is uh, pick up Beamed Up, which is available on, on Amazon right now. In, uh, and it's it's got some great stories. Ariel told you about hers, the stock. And Cameron, I spoke to us about her story in there, which is how to abduct an alien, which goes (laughs) back to her kind of genre and, and goes back and gives you a beginning setup of it. And now Disciples, which is the bridge for Nell Bentley, the Nell Bentley series from Drifters to the newest book, Strangers Mm -hmm. So if we can Let's Mm -hmm. talk for a couple of minutes about Strangers
1: It is so far My favorite of the series Um, And it's like it's obviously not even done yet Uh, But it, it goes back to What I love the most About science fiction Which is the awe And the majesty And the hope that I think a lot of good sci-fi instills in us. And I just sort of wanted to do that in my own little world. And it it takes place from Nell's perspective right after Drifters. Um, there's been sort of a, a time situation that comes to light in the first chapter. Um, and I sort of like... With most of the other books, I, I sort of dropped the reader into a situation uh, that Nell is struggling to deal with because, like myself, not patient, um, <laughs> like myself, <laughs> occasionally quite angry, <laughs> it's usually justified, usually. And uh, yeah, I just I wanted to see what would happen if now this person who hates science fiction, who doesn't believe in aliens or didn't. Um, and very much likes control over her environment, is now not on Earth and not in any sort of situation she can control. And she has very few facts and has realized that some things have been done that maybe she isn't okay with, despite having, in theory, just gotten her dream job. So.
0: (laughs) And the good news is that this is book three and there are three (laughs) more planned in the series. Um, Yes. This, this, this is the series is great fun. It is regardless of what the author says, really good (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi. Because it, it, it takes, it gives you the opportunity to grow within the framework that you've built up for us to learn as we go along, to get to know the characters, to get to understand their motivations. And in book three, during this bridge segment, get to learn about a whole new character that, you, that you've that you hinted at for two books, now brought in. Mm-hmm. And now we get to look at the grandeur of the universe through two sets of eyes at either end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a lot of information, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It was about my books. I don't mind.
0: (laughs) If you can't tell, I really enjoy the series. And it's it's been a lot of fun for me from the beginning, watching this series build and now getting a chance to to enjoy where it's at now and see where it's going to go in the next book or two. And (laughs) uh, Lord knows... I'm guessing you've got some more surprises in store for the readers. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to book three. When it, When is the planned uh, published for book three?
1: Um, planned is this winter. Um, I actually just changed jobs. I'm still doing archeology, span but for a different company, um, which will hopefully give me more time. But I also have had a series of health issues crop up. So it'll get done soon ish um but i definitely i'm hoping if not this winter then this spring and maybe even have the fourth one out next year as well
0: so it's, it's i'm sort it's of a,
1: drafting them simultaneously so
0: <laughs> well there's a part of you that kind of has to do, maintain the continuity mm-hmm. and maintain mm-hmm. the timeline that you wanted to have and exactly. uh it's a it's a great lot of fun Uh, Xenoarchaeology is a a kind of a staple of science fiction and this is (laughs) a very original and wonderfully well written look at it. Our guest tonight has been V.S. Holmes and once again it's an absolute pleasure to have you on and uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you for having me
0: I fly Saturday night is the official podcast of Granite the what I don't I just Now my and my I'm I'm i Thank you so much, ladies. Stone's I know.